as you are aware, Alligator Zone distills knowledge from industry and innovators and uh, works in programs that involve families to help children be prepared for the future that uh, these innovators are creating. In this series of conversations that we are starting to have with school leaders, we try to gain an understanding of what can families do and what can businesses and industry do to support the good work being done in public schools all over the country. In today's podcast, we are going to talk to Superintendent Addison Davis. He oversees over 200,000 students' education across, I believe, close to 300 schools. And uh, in this fascinating conversation, we get to hear some of his insights about what can we as, as parents and as business leaders do to collaborate and work with the school district uh, to create a brighter future for our children. Without further ado, here's Superintendent Addison Davis of Hillsborough County School District in a conversation with Alligator Zone. Superintendent Davis, it is such a pleasure and a privilege to have you on this podcast with Alligator Zone. Uh, thank you so very much for having me. Uh, you know, glad to be here. Glad to just to have a conversation of education and how we can continue to prove advocacies for our, our parents and continue to provide the best education for our students. Wonderful. What I would like to do is just get started with understanding your journey, the person behind the position. So if you could kindly tell us a little bit about your upbringing, what life was like when you were a student, say some fond childhood memories, if you have any childhood heroes or the teacher who made the most impact in your life, what you like to do for fun, stuff like that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I was blessed growing up, you know, had a, you know, a family that, you know, really loved every one of my siblings. Um, I'm one of five growing up and grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. You know, my dad, my father was a national account manager for Kimberly Clark, and my mom was an entrepreneur that owned roofing construction and land clearing businesses. And, and for us, one thing they always taught was hard work pays off. And for us to push the pencil every single day educationally, and they one of the other things they were were actively engaged and involved in this, was making certain that every one of us were involved in extracurricular activities, whether that be in the community or whether that be in school, because you know they thought that brought a sense of pride to us individually, but also a sense of pride for you know whatever educational institution or community that you were part of, and and that you know sports and athletics uh, were were good to me and my family, and my family gave back, my parents gave back to the community to be able to help you know many students and. Who, who needed opportunities, who needed care. And, and through that demonstration, you know, that just allowed me just to become a, you know, and see how important it is to, to build relationships and cultures and, and just be respectful to, to, to people. As it relates to educationally, I had to push my pencil every day. And I wasn't the, the smartest student in the classroom. And, and, and it wasn't really until college that I learned how to, to actually learn, how to be organized, how to be engaged. 
and I owe that to a, a number of teachers in my freshman year in college that sat me down and, and helped explain how to be actively and intellectually involved into courses and content and through literacy. And, you know, I struggled, uh, you know, all the way through the first freshman year of my college, but, you know, with, with two teachers that, that have been very instrumental to me, my English 101 teacher was the major instrumental to me with becoming that mentor, just to allow me to, to capture who I could potentially become and, and unlock the intellectual growth that I could, could absorb and, that led me to, to turn around from a very uh, difficult, undesired academic start in my college to a very successful, you know, academic with, with raising GPA and just being more in the forefront. But all that to say is that that led me to, to want to make a difference and become an educator. I've been an educator for 25 years. I've uh, done it. For, I've held almost every position you can imagine in the educational environment and. And openly, uh, I do this because I have great love for for building the capacity of children and building the capacity of adults, and just making a big uh, a big turnaround in in individuals' lives. So uh, I'm blessed to be able to have that opportunity. That's a very uplifting journey or the story because I'm sure in course of your everyday interaction, you probably see uh, children who have not yet realized their fullest potential. How does that kind of an experience? inform your everyday work? I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, in my freshman year in college, I, I was potentially on probation academically. And, you know, if it wasn't for those mentor teachers to, to help me through that process, my college baseball coach to help me through that process and see and show that there's a sense of hope and and and, and understand that every day that I committed to learning, to growing, to using peer mentors, to, uh, to interacting with content and text, that would allow me to have greater confidence in, in through my educational struggles. And, and it was proven, you know, for, for me, you know, I, I see so many kids that, that were like me related to being in classrooms and being in schools, whether they're psychologically uh, have uh, removed themselves in the class or they, are they physically trying to move themselves in the class where they don't have the confidence to be able to listen, learn, and grow. And, and it takes mentors to recognize where they are in their season of their life as a learner and, and how we can help them as educators, as advocates, as adults to give back and show them and give them the time and inspiration they need to be successful. So it drives the majority of my work that I do. You know, we, we, our job is to allow students to have a, a, a brighter, better, and stronger tomorrow. And we can't do that without providing bite-sized, actionable feedback to our students every day to lead them to success. That is so interesting. I'm curious, what is a typical workday like for you? How much of actual involvement in teaching and how much of administration? Give us a sense of that, if you don't mind. Yeah. You know what? Every day I wish it was somewhat the same, but when you go into education, every day is, is truly unique, no matter if I was a, you know, when I was a teacher, when I was a principal, assistant principal, you know, a cabinet member, and also superintendent. You know, we try to carve off time, you know, weekly and daily to be able to try to find space to go to schools because that's where magical moments are made. You know, however, there's there's big problematic issues that are unexpected, whether a student is uh, exhibits a undesired behavior, or whether there's a celebration at a school, or whether there's time to, you know time must be spent with board members to be able to problem solve on community problems of practice. And at the same token, there's there's areas of innovation and accountability and long-term measuring that take place 
every single day with your cabinet members and, and, and leaders. And you know, at the same token, don't ever discount the fact of engaging business partners, community member, members, faith-based partners, local delegations, and also interacting with the Department of Education to be able to have strong, sound decisions that we can not only engage our, our students to have the best educational experience, but at the same token, being able to protect the working conditions of adults. So the day's fluid so very much in, in, in this role. I love it. Um, you know, it, when I try to find happy spaces is when I get a chance to go to classrooms. That's the greatest reward that you could ever see and have is to see a teacher who is highly qualified, skilled, and creating the best, you know, pr you know time for children, allowing them to learn, whether it be whole group, whether it be small group, or one-on-one -on -one conference, and or through independent learning. And at the same token, being able just to interact with our, our students for them to, to show how they demonstrate understanding. They're taking ownership of high-quality content and, and taking ownership of the learning. So I say the, you know, the majority of my day is, is probably spent, you know, 70, 80 percent of the day is, is working through, you know, district initiatives, operations, accountability, strategic mapping and planning, problem solving and then trying to allow the other 30% just to focus on kids, focus on parents, and work to develop the whole child and work to develop the whole family. And, and with, that, with, with that other 70%, that goes inclusive of just interacting with the board. And, you know, I think that's rewarding to help them become stronger in their practice and for them to help me become stronger in my practice as well. So every day is unique, so you, just, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so... Um... Can you describe in simple words the enormity of the school's mission? I believe this is the is it the eighth largest school district in the nation? Yes, yeah, the seventh largest school district in the nation, and we seventh serve largest. over two hundred fifty. Yes, sir. We serve over two hundred fifty schools. We have two hundred and twenty-five thousand plus students, and we have close to twenty-five thousand employees. So it's a very large task in front of us. Um, it's a, you know, we live in the Hillsborough region, Tampa, in the Tampa region where it's, by, it's the number one place in the nation for, for individuals to, to transition and, and come to because Tampa and Hillsborough County is a great place to, to live. It's a great place to learn. It's a great place to raise a family. So we've got crazy expansion going on uh, within our school district and uh, it's a really cool place to be able to work. That's interesting. That's a that's like a giant ship that you're steering. <laughs> it definitely it is. is. It definitely is. It, it, it brings its complexities every single day, but I love it because I get a chance to listen, learn, and grow and go through some really different scenarios that just allow me to become stronger as a leader to be able to help children. And I would, I would imagine that communication is a big part of your role in general, I guess, because you are to talk to so many different people uh, individuals and, and groups, I, I, I believe? Yeah, I mean, it's communication is the, the foundation of success. And we have to know as practitioners, we only can move at the speed of trust. When, when community members, when school-based leaders, when teachers, uh, support personnel, when they all believe that you're genuinely here for children, then you can move at a, an expedited pace. But that all comes with effective communication whether that be through whole group collaboration. You've got to have a communications team that is actively pursuant with all of our stakeholders, our business partners, our community members, our parents, our teachers, our, 
our um, our students. And for me, I we I always try to over communicate. If you ever ask any one of our employees, they say he write, he writes all the time and he writes long emails. But I just want them to be a part of the the information that that we have going on in the school district, so that they can be a part of our of our cohort of thinking to be able to improve practices for our for our children. So communications is is where it's at. Always have to have a communications plan. You've always got to be in the forefront and leveraging social media outlets and uh, and also media outlets of them, of themselves. And then you also have a ch have to have a change management communication system. So if you're trying to change any big initiative or subsets of uh, initiatives within your school district, you've got to have that change management communication plan so everyone understands what's working, what's not, and what we need to do differently, and what the timeline is for implementation. Those are very interesting words uh, when you mentioned that uh, it's at the speed of trust, so that's very uh, interesting. Uh, so in terms of, uh, you said you spend, you try to spend time with the children. Uh, engagement with family is also an important part of your role. What in your view is the importance of uh, family engagement in a student's development and educational progress? And what have you seen working well that we can kind of double down on? Uh, you know, I, I, in education, we have to really recognize and understand that we can't do this work in isolation. It is it is so important that there's a active engagement from our first educators, which are our parents. And from us, if we just bring clarity and accessibility to our school district, clarity related to what we're trying to accomplish with our our curriculum every single day. What are we trying to to accomplish with our we're providing robust master schedules that have acceleration courses, career technical educational courses, vibrant electives through performing and visual arts, uh, technology, robotics, STEM, STEAM, you you name it. We we have got to be able to to listen and engage to our parents about what their learners want to accomplish and what the parents want to see in our school district related to uh, course offerings. But at the same token, we've got to let our parents have accessibility to our staff and accessibility to our facilities and making certain that they are there, that not only there to address any undesired behavior, but there to duplicate and address the great things that learners are, are doing every single day. It's so important that we have 360 accountability, meaning that, you know, whether it be the administration, the superintendent, the school board, community members, chambers, economic development, parents, they all have to be working in concert to help the educational uh, reform take place that's going to transform our school district to become the number one school district in the nation academically, and, and that will be our relentless pursuit. But for us, you know, one thing that we did really well that we launched uh, a couple of years ago, our, our family and community engagement division, which is our job is that we can't wait for parents to come to us. They've been so busy, uh, you know, multiple working, multiple jobs, driving kids to and from uh, extracurricular activities and clubs or community events. So we are going, we're taking this uh, community division, this community and engagement division, and we're going to where they are, whether it be a homeowner associations, whether it be in the community of civic centers, whether it be in a car a apartment complex, whether, you know, you name it, we're going to meet our families where they are to be able to provide educational opportunities and parent academy opportunities where they can become 
you know, uh, the greatest advocates for their students. So if we talk about how parents, you know, can be involved, they just need to be present every single day and reclaim the dinner table. So many times that we get so busy and with our work or our life schedule that we don't really actively engage our students every single day to ask them what they've learned, how they did at school, did they have any barriers, what were their successes, and how can we help you? And that needs to happen, in, you know, in every household to be able to create uh, the best learners that we can and the best civic leaders that we can. Yeah, you actually answered what I was hoping to ask next, which is how can <laughs> families support school teachers and the administration in the mission? So uh, you talk about having dinners together, and uh, it's always a challenge because uh, schedules are all over the place, even within small families. What kind of, uh, how, I mean, society adapts to changes, right? I mean, we are in a technological society now. Kids and families communicate with each other using their phones and text messages and emojis and whatnot. Yeah. Is there any, um, in your experience, as you have evolved over the 25 years in getting families more involved with schools and school teachers, are there any recommendations as to how we might see this going forward to make it work for everyone? Yeah, I mean, technology, technology has revolutionized uh, good and bad the way we communicate and the way we engage. I think there's been greater accessibility. There's been greater accessibility and in, in the need for, for for parents in the state of Florida to really focus on parents' rights and for them to be actively engaged into content exposure to students, for them to be actively engaged in academic history, or helping them be involved in in selecting courses that align with the learners and the families' pathways that's uh, in their passion and their hearts. But also about you know making certain that we sensationalize PTAs to, to get parents you know actively engaged in their individual learning. We see a really good job and trends in elementary school where PTAs are strengthened, where parents are involved in the education, the educational learning of, of our children. Because in education, in, in elementary, this is where students are trying to figure out you know how they interact with text, how they interact with their peers, and how they develop socially, emotionally, and intellectually. And these are really some of the most important years that we see parents engaged. What we see as we get to the middle school and high school level, and we want kids to have greater independence, but not in, in the other side of continuums where we just let that learner go through some of the, you know, the, uh, their time together inside our society, our community, and educational platforms without parents being actively engaged and involved. So I just ask our parents to, to, to stay inclusive of what's going on with, you know, your your child every single day from a technology perspective, especially from a phone. There's so many different applications that have that, that we appreciate different ways to communicate. But those also open up some some doors for us and we want I want parents to be, you know, engaged in that process to have controls and limits. But also we want our parents to be involved in, you know, co-curricular boosters, activities, uh, uh, school SAC committees, school improvement process teams, so that they can continue to, to, to you know, to help create the, the best learner that we can and just help us to evolve as an educational institution. You know what, our, our, our job is, is to serve our community and our greatest 
you know, you know, our greatest customers are students and our parents. And we have to make them feel like they're involved in, in this process and show them there's a sense of care every day. It's a very interesting uh, parallel that you draw from the world of business about customer service orientation. Uh, so how, important. Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah, I, I can imagine. And I, I think, I can, I think this, because of the technology, the way it is, uh, so pervasive in our lives, I think it's a, it's a plus and a challenge for teachers to constantly keep up with, say, families. Uh, how, in, in your opinion, how, do, how can schools keep up with innovation so that the students are ready for the real world and uh, cannot not bring up uh, chat GPT and the effects of technology as something that's, you know, the, the latest buzzword? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the greatest thing is 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 really creating exposure for our students. I mean, what, what openly we we want to build skills in our in, within our learners that they have to be problem solvers, decision makers. They understand how to review analytics. They can synthesize multiple content, uh, multiple literary elements, and make decisions. And we want our students not only to have those type of skills, but we want our students also to have soft skills as well. Technology is moving at such a great rate that now we don't we don't look at how we expose our students to coding, robotics, and and look to make that somewhat a core content area such as literacy, math, social studies, and science through coding, because uh, that will bring all the characteristics I just identified. Then we're going to be we're going to lose more jobs and more jobs every single day that our kids aren't going to be prepared for, and if in if we don't get involved in you know, if we don't get involved in, in solar analytics or our solar development, if we don't get involved in our artificial intelligence, augmented machinery, you know, we're going to lose the, the overall landscape of what our community and our students may be able to need. It's for us to be able to keep our, to, to meet our digital natives where they are. They already come primed and ready to interact with, with multiple uh, mobile devices, whether it be cell phone, tablets, you know, laptops, they, they are ready and they are primed. And they know more than most of us in, in, in my age bracket related to that technology implementation. But we have got to be able to keep them intrigued in this process. And this is why it's so important for us to loop in businesses. And, you know, because every, you know, since COVID, every business, including especially education, we've had to, you know, revolutionize the way that we do work. And technology is at a greater pace than we've ever seen related to those interactions. What does VR do for us? What does that look like in our classrooms? How does that help brand new teachers? How does that help students being able to, to look in, and have interaction through dissections and whether it be through science? How do we have more project-based learning activities for our students to, to keep them intellectually and stimulated every day? So for us, we've got to keep it in the forefront and that all goes to making certain there's a great commitment to resources and funds to redesign our classrooms and redesign our coursework. But leading on our business organization, business partners to talk about how we can create and redesign classrooms and equipment uh, in order to create a longer, stronger bench of the workforce. That's fascinating. You read my mind. My, my, my thinking was what can industry leaders do to support schools and the education system in general uh, so that 
a lot of the training is already done for them even as they come out of high school or say college yeah you know this is historically in education you know it's been we get businesses involved by asking them to to write a check and that's the easy part of it right that that our, right. our needs are, our our needs are so greater in education you know we have partnered with the future career academy and that is allowing us to get almost every local business on board to allowing us to take thousands and thousands of our high school students to organizations, to agencies, to learn about what careers do they have, learn about what they see the future of as their company, to learn about the compensation packages, to learn about skills they need to be able to go into the workforce. So we're doing a, a better job of getting our kids into organizations and businesses to be able to help them, help our students stay in the Tampa region, and they can learn a livable, they can earn a livable wage by staying here and doing that. It's just about exposure and strategic partnership, and for our business partners to be involved in this process, they just got all they got to do is, is say they're willing, and we create internships, apprenticeships, externships for our teachers ought to be engaged in, and then also we, we offer them spaces on our advisory boards to tell us and help us create pathways that make sense and they want to see. We're launching a new uh, construction academy and a medical academy in two of our high schools, and we have over 100 agencies involved in the constructional academy uh, pathway to help us design and build it. And then we have every big major medical institution on board to be able to help us create spaces for cardiologists, EKG technicians, uh, nurses, nurses assistants, and you name it, we're here to do it. So the biggest thing is is build a plan and a process and a system and a pathway for us to go out and, and make the contact with the businesses and bring them to us because businesses are, 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 are already overloaded trying to win the talent war every single day to hire people, especially since COVID. Right. Can you please repeat the name of the organization that you mentioned? Which, uh... Yeah, it's the Future Career Academy, FCA. And they're local. They're they're local built. They're local built. Von Fry does a really good job with this work, being able to corral businesses and create that exposure the students need. And and not only do we have exposure, we have with the, with the Future Career Academy. Not only do we have exposure, but we have uh, career fairs that we host, and we will host in April. Then in May, we'll have a signing day. A signing day with every one of our seniors who aspire to go in the workforce that they will sign with corporations and companies, and we will celebrate that at scale. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. Before I, before I kind of wrap up this, are there any questions that I have not asked or something that you want to talk about? And then I have one philosophical question at the end, so I'll save that for the, for the end. Yeah, I think the, 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 the biggest thing is for, uh, you know, I want our communities to understand that, you know, no, no matter where we are, there's always going to be decisions that school districts make that may not be you know, super attractive. And we just ask our families to, to be actively engaged and just understand the why. You know, in education, these, the, the, you know, these jobs are, are getting harder every single day. And, um, and we know that students are trying to find out who they are, you know, especially in the middle years, of who they are socially, emotionally, academically. And I just ask our parents to, in, to continue to to help us through this process, to continue to allow us to be, you know, advocates and and building the great uh, building the greatest institutional experience that we can, and we also ask those who aspire to become teachers, you know, there's such a rewarding job that we're, you know every day we're looking to hire, not only in Hillsborough County but in, in 
the state of Florida and throughout the nation. There's so many vacancies in, 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 in education. And I want everyone to know that we're working to be able to, to create the greatest incentivized packets. The greatest reward is being able to give children, you know, the, the gift of an education. And we've all been positively impacted by TG, you know, by one or two teachers in our lives. And those stories never go away. And they define out and they define who we are and who we will become, you know, in, in our in our future. And um, you know, we ask individuals to to, to don't be afraid to you know, journey of the educational world. And it's it's just, it's so rewarding to be able to get back to our community. That's fantastic. Uh, and uh makes me want to ask a couple of more questions, but let me try to wrap up. I want to respect your time as well. Uh, do you have any advice for families on helping their students find purpose and meaning through their educational choices? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, is to, when I talked earlier about reclaiming our dinner table, every single day there needs to be space and time where parents are, are meeting with their learners in the evening. And whether that's, you know, at dinner, whether that's after dinner or before dinner, there just needs to be systems in place where we're having, you know, where you're having conversations about their learning process. What are their short-term and long-term goals and how can they work tirelessly to hold the school district accountable to allow that learner to, to meet those goals through our master schedule and course selections? I think the biggest thing is, is um, you know, for our parents is, you know, get get your learner and get get them involved in as many activities as they can handle, and allow them to be exposed to accelerated courses, do enrollment courses, career technical education courses, that will journey and keep them you know on the edge of their seat every single day to learn. Uh, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is just stay actively involved and 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 for parents sometimes you know we we can always agree agree or disagree, but we're not there to be their friends. We're be to be their life coaches, and you know sometimes we got to make very hard decisions and create structures and accountability. And but that's only going to allow our students for them to be become their best self. So, you know, from from parents' perspective, uh, you know, don't don't remove yourself from being an educational advocate when a kid can turn a key at a front door or, or remove a pot from a stove. You know, we got to stay there and connect. And they need us to be champions every single day. And it's not the, the finish line isn't isn't getting them to to become a full option graduate related to whether they go into post secondary education, military, or the workforce. You will always be their greatest champion and their greatest coach, and be an instrumental part of their decision making in their life. So, continue continue to be relentless and continue to be the greatest supporters. Superintendent Davis, on that very uplifting and positive note, I would like to thank you for taking the time from your very, very busy schedule. Thank you for all that you do. You know, thank you so very much for your time, and um, we, we appreciate it. <laughs>